Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, I'm Alan Jenkins. Welcome to TLS Voices. John Donne was the greatest English dramatic poet who never wrote a play. He was born into a Roman Catholic family in 1572 and lived through the great age of English drama. His mother was the daughter of the playwright John Hayward, and as a student at the Inns of Court, Donne would have watched the entertainment staged there. As a young man, he travelled in Spain and Italy, fighting the Spanish alongside Sir Walter Raleigh at Cadiz and the Azores, and spending much of his inheritance. His brilliant intellect and mastery of languages saw him, at twenty-five, appointed Chief Secretary to the Lord Keeper of the Great Seal, one of the most powerful men in England, and he seemed destined for a glittering career as a courtier and diplomat. Within five years, after a secret marriage to Anne Moore, his employer's niece, he had been dismissed from his post and imprisoned in the fleet. Writing to his wife to inform her of their misfortune, he closed with the words, John Donne, Anne Donne, Undone. The couple had twelve children, many of whom died in infancy, and lived in constant financial hardship until Donne acquired a wealthy patron in 1610. Five years later he was ordained into the Church of England, and in 1621 he was made Dean of St Paul's, the position he held until his death in 1631, becoming renowned for his sermons. The erotically charged and violently emotional poems and satires of his youth almost always imply an audience, a mistress, a friend or rival, who listens while the speaker argues, pleads, persuades and rages. And Dunn's twists and turns, his logic-chopping, paradoxes and puns, are driven by an urgent, impassioned style, a wit that relies, in Samuel Johnson's disapproving words, on the discovery of occult resemblances in things apparently unlike. The style, the passion and the urgency survived into Dunn's later works, the sonnets and meditations in which his argument is with God and his subject often his own impending death or the deaths of those closest to him. One of the finest of these, A Nocturnal Upon St Lucy's Day, was probably written in 1627, when both Dunn's friend Lucy, Countess of Bedford, 
and one of his own daughters, also Lucy, died. St Lucy's Day falls on December 13th and once coincided with the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. The year's midnight, as Dunn says. The Indifferent I can love both fair and brown, her whom abundance melts and her whom want betrays, her who loves loneliness best and her who masks and plays, her whom the country formed and whom the town, her who believes and her who tries, her who still weeps with spongy eyes and her who is dry cork and never cries. I can love her and her and you and you, I can love any, so she be not true. Will no other vice content you? Will it not serve your turn to do as did your mother's? Or have you all old vices spent, and now would find out others? Or doth a fear that men are true torment you? Oh, we are not, be not you so. Let me, and do you, twenty know. Rob me, but bind me not, and let me go. Must I, who came to travel through you, grow your fixed subject because you are true? Venus heard me sigh this song, and by love's sweetest part, variety, she swore she heard not this till now, and that it should be so no more. She went, examined, and returned ere long, and said, alas, some two or three poor heretics in love there be, who think to establish dangerous constancy. But I have told them, since you will be true, you shall be true to them who are false to you. The flea. Mark but this flea, and mark in this, how little that which thou deniest me is. It sucked me first, and now sucks thee, and in this flea our two bloods mingled be. Thou knowest that this cannot be said a sin, nor shame, nor loss of maidenhead. Yet this enjoys before it woo, and pampered swells with one blood made of two. And this, alas, is more than we would do. Oh, stay, three lives in one flea spare, where we almost, yea, more than married are. This flea is you and I, and this our marriage bed and marriage temple is. Though parents grudge, and you, we are met and cloistered in these living walls of jet. Though use make you apt to kill me, let not to that self-murder added be, and sacrilege, three sins in killing three. Cruel and sudden, hast thou since purpled thy nail in blood of innocence? Wherein could this flea guilty be, except in that drop which it sucked from thee? Yet thou triumphst, and sayest that thou find'st not thyself, nor me, the weaker now. Tis true. Then learn how false fears be. Just so much honour, when thou yield'st to me, will waste, as this flea's death took life from thee. A Valediction Forbidding Mourning As virtuous men pass mildly away, and whisper to their souls to go, while some of their sad friends do say, The breath goes now, and some say, No. So let us melt and make no noise, No tear floods nor sigh tempests move, To a profanation of our joys, To tell the laity our love. Moving of the earth brings harms and fears, 
Men reckon what it did and meant, but trepidation of the spheres, though greater far, is innocent. Dull sublunary lovers love, whose soul is sense, cannot admit absence, because it doth remove those things which elemented it. But we by a love so much refined, that ourselves know not what it is, inter assured of the mind, care less eyes, lips, and hands to miss. Our two souls, therefore, which are one, though I must go, endure not yet a breach, but an expansion, like gold to airy thinness beat. If they be two, they are two so, as stiff twin compasses are two. Thy soul, the fixed foot, makes no show to move, but doth if the other do. And though it in the centre sit, yet when the other far doth roam, it leans and hearkens after it, and grows erect as that comes home. Such wilt thou be to me, who must, like the other foot, obliquely run. Thy firmness makes my circle just, and makes me end where I begun. The Relic When my grave is broke up again, some second guest to entertain, for graves have learned that woman head to be to more than one a bed, and he that digs it spies a bracelet of bright hair about the bone. Will he not let us alone, and think that there a loving couple lies, who thought that this device might be some way to make their souls at the last busy day meet at this grave and make a little stay? If this fall in a time or land where misdevotion doth command, then he that digs us up will bring us to the bishop and the king to make us relics, then thou shalt be a Mary Magdalene, and I as something else thereby. All women shall adore us, and some men, and since at such time miracles are sought, I would have that age by this paper taught what miracles we harmless lovers wrought. First we loved well and faithfully, yet knew not what we loved, nor why. Difference of sex no more we knew than our guardian angels do. Coming and going, we perchance might kiss, but not between those meals. Our hands ne'er touch the seals, which nature, injured by late law, sets free. These miracles we did. But now, alas, all measure and all language I should pass, should I tell what a miracle she was. There follow three of Dunn's divine poems. This is my play's last scene. Here heavens appoint my pilgrimage's last mile, and my race, idly yet quickly run, hath this last pace, my span's last inch, my minute's latest point, and gluttonous death will instantly unjoint my body and soul, and I shall sleep a space. But my ever-waking part shall see that face whose fear already shakes my every joint. Then as my soul to heaven her first seat takes flight, and earth-born body in the earth shall dwell, so fall my sins that all may have their right to where they are bred and would press me to hell. Impute me righteous, thus purged of evil, for thus I leave the world, the flesh, the devil. 
batter my heart, three-personed God, for you as yet but knock, breathe, shine, and seek to mend, that I may rise and stand, o'erthrow me, and bend your force to break, blow, burn, and make me new. I, like an usurped town to another due, labour to admit you, but, oh, to no end, reason your viceroy in me, me should defend, but is captive and proves weak or untrue. Yet dearly I love you, and would be loved fain, but am betrothed unto your enemy. Divorce me, untie, or break that knot again. Take me to you, imprison me, for I, except you enthrall me, never shall be free, nor ever chaste, except you ravish me. Since she whom I loved hath paid her last debt to nature, and to hers, and my good is dead, and her soul early into heaven ravished, wholly on heavenly things my mind is set. Here the admiring her my mind did wet to seek thee, God, so streams do show their head. But though I have found thee, and thou my thirst hast fed, a holy thirsty dropsy melts me yet. But why should I beg more love, when as thou dost woo my soul for hers, offering all thine? and dost not only fear lest i allow my love to saints and angels things divine but in thy tender jealousy dost doubt lest the world flesh yea devil put thee out finally a nocturnal upon saint lucy's day being the shortest day tis the year's midnight and it is the days lucy's who scarce seven hours herself unmasks the sun is spent, and now his flasks send forth light squibs, no constant rays. The world's whole sap is sunk. The general balm thy droptic earth hath drunk, whither, as to the bed's feet, life is shrunk, dead and interred. Yet all these seem to laugh compared with me, who am their epitaph. Study me, then. You who shall lovers be at the next world, that is, at the next spring, for I am every dead thing in whom love wrought new alchemy, for his art did express a quintessence even from nothingness, from dull privations and lean emptiness. He ruined me, and I am re-begot of absence, darkness, death, things which are not. All others from all things draw all that's good, Life, soul, form, spirit, whence they being have. I, by love's limbeck, am the grave of all that's nothing. Oft a flood have we two wept, and so drowned the whole world, us two. Oft did we grow to be two chaoses, when we did show care to aught else. And often absences withdrew our souls, and made us carcasses. But I am by her death, which word wrongs her, of the first nothing, the elixir grown. Were I a man, that I were one, I needs must know. I should prefer, if I were any beast, some ends, some means. Yea, plants, yea, stones detest and love. All, all some properties invest. If I an ordinary nothing were, a shadow, a light, and body must be here. But I am none, nor will my son renew. 
You lovers, for whose sake the lesser son at this time to the goat is run, to fetch new lust and give it you, enjoy your summer all, since she enjoys her long night's festival. Let me prepare towards her, and let me call this hour her vigil and her eve, since this both the years and the day's deep midnight is. Read more about John Donne in this week's TLS, which also contains Catherine Bucknell on Christopher Isherwood and his camera, and Rosie Llewellyn-Jones on the fabric of India. A.N. Wilson examines John Dominic Crossan's book that asks how anyone can read the Bible and still be a Christian. Arnold Hunt reviews a book of the Protestant Reformation leader John Knox, and Richard Vinnan reviews the first volume of what is set to be a massive biography of Henry Kissinger by Niall Ferguson. To find out more about the TLS and to read a free selection of pieces from this week's issue, go to our website, the-tls.co.uk. You can read the TLS in full every week in print or via our app, which is available on iTunes and in the Amazon App Store. The TLS. Life in every word. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.